This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Mike Ross. Welcome to Leaf Sky 132. Jim Taddy with you for the next 25 minutes or so. Our guest today will be Dave McCarthy from SiriusXM and NHL.com. Going over the Leafs' first three games, and before we get going, consider this. The NFL season's going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking up new customers with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks in any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers could take advantage of a sweetener offer every game this October. Get in on the game day greatness now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. The code is THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. And by the way, restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. So on to the hockey story. The Leafs open with three at home. They outscore their opponents 14 to 13. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot left in the table there. 6-5 in a shootout against Montreal to open the season. 7-4, they went over Minnesota on Saturday. That's a step in the right direction. But a 4-1 loss at home to Chicago on Monday night leaves you wanting more. I mean, they didn't start right. They had a bad first period. Did not look good, and we'll take it from there. Here's our conversation with Dave McCarthy from SiriusXM, NHL.com, going over that Maple Leaf start on home ice. All right, Dave, we've got a three-game homestand to start the season for the Leafs. Uh, the reports are mixed, I would say. Uh, they outscored their opponents 14-13. to 13. Not what the doctor ordered, is it? No, it isn't. Um, I think, really, the Leafs largely won a couple of games by outscoring their mistakes, as as you put it. Um, Those were not exactly masterpieces that you want to point to as templates later in the season for how you want to play if you intend to have any kind of success. So um, you, you take the points where you can get them early in the year. But in terms of of sound play, uh, I think that was that was far from it, and that the Leafs have a lot of work to do. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And and really, there's there's no better example than the Montreal game was not a classic a six five shootout win. The Minnesota win on the Saturday, the seven four. But you didn't see that defensive template, and that sort of plays into what happened on Monday night, doesn't it? Well, look at what Chicago did to Toronto on Monday. I thought Chicago played a really good, complete sixty minute game. I mean, I thought that beforehand. Uh, Luke Richardson, the Blackhawks coach, said the same thing after the game. You know, you look at how that game played out, 
and it never really seemed as though Chicago was under duress uh, for long extended portions of the game. Obviously, a shift here or there. Um, <laughs> any team is going to have a shift here or there throughout the course of a game that's, that's not the best. But but I thought Chicago did a really good job of keeping the Leafs by and large under control, um, which was which was really impressive to me. Um, Matthews, I thought, should probably have scored last night. He had eight shots. He was around the net on a number of occasions. He had a, a few chip plays at the side of the net that he usually puts in automatically blindfolded, uh, facing the wrong way, but he chipped them over the net. Um, so he, he was right around it, but but beyond him, I didn't really see a lot going on offensively for Toronto on Monday night, and, and credit to, is is really due to Chicago for playing quite a strong game. Like I was talking to a number of of the Chicago scribes that were in the building, and and they all said not that the bar has been very high, but that that was one of Chicago's most impressive complete wins in years. And again, that largely because the bar has not been very high, but. But I'd agree with that in that it was it was a game where if you are the Blackhawks, that's how you want to try to build because there was really not a time where the game was getting away from you. The first period, really nothing happened. You'll take that any day you're on the road. And as Sheldon Keefe put it, um, the carelessness with the, with the puck from Toronto's top players, and again, I, I agree with the coach, um, uh, prevented Toronto from sort of taking a hold of the game early. And then you, the longer you allow an opponent to hang around, the more of a risk you take. And then if you make a couple of mistakes like Toronto did, um, certainly on the, the Corey Perry breakaway where they, they fell asleep defensively, let him in behind, and then the uh, the power play goal where they got beat sort of on the rush, which is something you rarely see on a power play goal. Um, you allow an opponent to hang around like that, and then you make mistakes, and they're in a position to suddenly put you behind the eight ball, and and that's what Toronto, that's where the Maple Leafs found themselves uh, largely in the second half of that game on Monday. Yeah, and and just to go over the Chicago situation, I mean, I saw their opening game against Pittsburgh, and it was somewhat similar in that they weathered an early storm, got good goaltending, and found a way to chip their way back in, and it, I think that sort of describes how they played on Monday night: solid goaltending. Weather to storm. The Leafs had all kinds of um, puck control in the Chicago zone, but instead of bearing down, tried to thread passes through defending players. Uh, I mean, this just doesn't work. But I guess the whole point I'm trying to make is Chicago is figuring out a template about how to survive situations and get through. In the Leafs, I, I just don't, you know, it's only three games in, but I don't see that in them. No, I don't. I don't. The reason they won on, on Wednesday against Montreal last week is because Matthews went legend, Jake Allen couldn't mix in a stop, and um, Jordan Bean uh, was on the money with his offside challenge in the Leafs video room. Um, if, if, he, if he doesn't catch that and Montreal goes up 3-0 in that game, uh, it might well be curtains at that point. Um, if Jake Allen makes a stop on Noah Gregor, like, good shot, but come on, that was from the top of the circle with no traffic, you got to stop that. Um, and then, and then later in the game, I think it was the Matthews uh, second goal where he spun and, and fired from like the outside hash marks and it went short side, like basically along the ice between his pad and the post. And again, like a good shot, quick release. Maybe you fool the goalie a little bit, but from where that was to me, like this can't go in the net. You need to stop there. So I, the Leafs got a little bit lucky, I think against Montreal to win. 
Um, and then, and then uh, Minnesota on Saturday was again, kind of, kind of chaotic in how they won. And again, I would put that in the column of, of outscoring your mistakes, not a, not a win where you can walk away saying, okay, we played a sound game. We were in control from start to finish. Um, we forced the other team into mistakes. We took advantage of them. We didn't make many of our own. Leafs couldn't say that about either of their two wins. So, you know, at this point, it still seems like if you were to ask the question you just asked, like what is the Leafs template to win games? I don't really have a, a clear, concise answer other than to say, we'll just simply try to outscore the opponent and, and that's all well and good, but it doesn't work long term. No, and, and we've seen that before. We have reference points. In fact, every start to a Sheldon Keefe coached Leafs team season sort of comes out of the gate this way. And I guess if you went back to the year before, uh, with Mike Babcock, it got him fired. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Um, and I, that's been one of the things about this Leafs team that I think has surprised me in how long it has taken them to get past it. Um, you know, it, it, and, and what that is, is when when their backs are up against the wall, like I don't know if there's a better team in hockey. Right, like when they're trailing by a goal or two heading into the third period, like man, do they find a way to turn it on? And 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 they spent the better part of you know the last four four or five minutes on on Monday against Chicago in the Blackhawks' end. Now, albeit they pull the goalie, but they control the play, and they were all over it. Now, I mean, I thought Chicago did a pretty good job of of defending it. They didn't get a ton of grade A chances, I didn't think, but but they certainly controlled the play within the zone. Um, and you had a feeling that, you know, maybe they might put one of these in um, at some point and then make it a one-goal game, and who knows? Uh, kind of like they did on uh, Saturday against Minnesota when they kind of came from behind and, and fought back, and Matthews went to Hattie to tie it, and then uh, away they went. So that, to me, is, is, is sort of the last not last vestige, but one of the remaining vestiges that I'd like to see Toronto mature in their game is, is to say, don't put that on late when you're trailing, put it on early so you can take the lead and then steer the game home. And, and they still play from behind too often for me. And I know it's only three games. It's early, but there's been a larger sample size over multiple seasons where where they they're too comfortable playing from behind and taking their chances and seeing what happens rather than putting their foot on the throat of the opponent early and and just making it clear like, like a team like Chicago to me Jim is is should be ripe for the picking on a Monday night um on the road given the kind of team that Chicago is coming off the year they had last year like you should you should go into that game and put down a quality 20 minutes that when Chicago goes into the room after the first period, they look around and they say, you know what, fellas, it's just, it's not going to be for us tonight. And before you know it, it's five, one and you cruise, you cruise home. They didn't do that. And, and that was what Sheldon Keefe was really frustrated about last night. And I totally understand it. And, you know, I'd like to see some improvement in that regard going forward sooner rather than later to show a maturity in their game that I think is really important. If, if you want to go on and have success, it's recognizing when you are 
much more superior to an opponent and, and making that known and making that clear early on in a game. Well, Dave, a couple of things from what you said, and, and I regret, I wasn't on the air Saturday when, when the, uh, the second hat trick for uh, Mr. Matthews happened. But if I, if it happens again, here's how I'm going to do it. Maddie, Hattie, Taddy out. Oh, that's good material, Tad, man. You got, I like that. You came yeah. up with it. You shouldn't have said that right now because now people won't think that you came up with it on the spur of the moment. I know. And my best stuff is spur of the moment. Now that I've said that, I've ruined the bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other the other tidbit that comes out of this is, and it's like a deferral. Uh, I, and obviously everybody understands who the core players are, the Leafs are. But, but even with new guys, and some of these guys have had um, – you know, sort of um, uh, aggressive roles on other teams. There's a deferral to the core players that they sort of look and go, are you going to do it? I mean, you don't need that deferral. Some of these new guys have to jump in and just take it. Yep. No, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. Like I, I haven't seen enough from, from guys that are not the core. And that also is a concern because you know, in the past, that that's what they have relied on. They have been able to get a lot of contributions from guys not named Matthews, Nylander, Marner, Tavares, Riley. Um, well, essentially that group. Like you need you need something from down the lineup. Um, you know, I've thought the the Minton, uh, Nyes, and whether it be Domi or Yarncroc line, they've been okay. Um, they haven't really cost you but they haven't really generated much either. Um, you know, Max Domi is a guy that I don't think has gotten off to a very good start in the early going. And again, it's three Agreed. games. It, if if this happened in in seven or eight weeks around Christmas time where he has three games where he's a little quiet, um, you might not even notice, right? It, so it's it's magnified at the beginning of the year. But case in point being, he's a guy that they brought in. They paid him some money, right? Three million bucks. Um, and he's a guy that they want to represent that that second layer of production, so that on any given night, if it's if it's a night where Matthews doesn't score or Nylander doesn't score, you know maybe that's the night that Max Domi chips in with a goal and an assist, and 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 Matt Nyes gets gets a goal, and and maybe you know David Camp bangs one in. You need you need that every now and again. Um, you, you need you need some production from your back end too, um, in terms of goals. The Leafs have been uh, very, uh, if the word would be, non-proficient in that category over the last number of years. Offense from the defense, they they need a little bit more there too, just to take some of the burden and the onus off the core guys. Because look, they're really good. They're going to have to be good to take the Leafs where they want to be. But no matter how good you are, you're not going to score every night. And that's when you need some of the other guys to chip in. Yeah. And in fact, stir the drink, if you will. I mean, I, I get to the point of, you know, if Matthew says three and, and a couple of the other guys add, it's sort of like an additive. They almost have to lead the way on occasion. I want to circle back to Minton, Nice, and Domi. Um, just because even again, even though it's only three games in, you've got a young kid there who has to score sometime in the next two or three games. And you have, uh, well, actually you have two, Nice and Minton both have to score. And so does Domi, actually. Um, yeah. Just because if they don't, uh, if you go six games and, and none of those three guys have scored, it turns into a, a negative narrative. And, and unfortunately for Minton, uh, because he's uh, such a young guy, um, it, it could have um, really bad ramifications for the rest of his season. And, you know, again, you don't want to push the panic button, but something has to happen there. 
Yeah, it does. You know, they, I, I, I think Minton, when you watch him, you can really see why the Leafs like him so much. Like he makes Absolutely. a lot, he makes a lot of really smart plays with the puck to get them out of trouble. Um, you know, he gets it out at the line. Uh, he's able to get it in deep. You know, a couple of occasions uh, last night where I was watching and you're thinking, okay, this, this situation's ripe for an icing here, but instead he, he just chips it lightly off the glass and gets it deep, but without icing, like just really smart plays from a 19 year old. Um, so you can't look at him and say, well, when he's been on the ice, it's been like a jailbreak and they've been running around and they've been getting caved in. They haven't been, but, but they also need to put up some numbers here and there and just chip in a goal here or there. And, and that line has been essentially um, a no show when it comes to offense through the first three games. So, you know, that, that, that's an area for sure. And as you point out, like Minton's got that, that daunting nine game uh, threshold that's that's hanging over the equation the kind of the elephant in the room um you know you have to look at it and brad trading said the same thing prior to the season sheldon keith said the same thing when you're a good team it should be hard to get on the roster and the fact that he got on really is a testament to how well he played in camp and, and really um how how professional of a game he plays. Like it's not a, a junior game that he plays where it's run up and down the ice and try and beat four guys. And because you're just better than everybody else in junior, you can do it. And then you try to do that in the NHL and it back. He's not trying to play that way. He, he's playing a real pro style game. Like I talked to yeah. Matt Stajan, who was kind of a, in a similar situation as Frazier was 20 years ago when he made a good Leafs team as a 19 year old second round pick kind of out of nowhere as well. And, and, and he made it because of, of how Frazier plays. Like, he, he made smart plays. He, he didn't get to the team in a position where they were running around. He was reliable as a 19-year-old. And that's what Pat Quinn loved. And this is what Sheldon loves about Frazier Minton. But, but, but you got to be able to put some, some numbers on the board. And, and what Trey Living and Keith said was that, you know, how often does a 19-year-old help you win in other words how often is a 19 year old a central figure on a team that goes on a good run in the regular season and a deep run in the playoffs like really ask you not very often right not never but not very often especially in that role so you know frazier's in a position where he it's almost a game by game tryout you know, as, as much pressure as that is to say, it's just the fact of the matter. It's, it's, is this a guy that's going to be able to help us win um, over the long haul? And, you know, right now I'd say he's not hurting you, but he's not, he's not also pushing the envelope as well in your favor. Um, You know, he's kind of just, he's kind of just going out there and right now he's a time killer. I'd say is the best way to describe him, which is, which is fine, right? Like you're not hurting yeah. him, but he, but you're not, you're coming out, coming out square, so to speak. And you want, you need a third line that tips the scales in your favor a little bit every now and then. And, and, and I don't, I haven't seen that out of that third line. Like you want to look at a guy who's come in and been asked to play a role and has done it really well, I think is Ryan Reeves, Jim. Yeah. Like yep. through the first two games, he's done exactly what you want. He's come in, he's stirred the drink, he's agitated. He hasn't taken dumb penalties. 
He has not been a guy that's gotten caught running around. He shifted the momentum in, in, in the Leafs' favor. He's done exactly what you wanted. He's played his role well. I think there are some guys, especially like we said on that third line, that haven't played their role poorly but can improve on the role that they've been asked to play. Yeah, uh, and let's move to the blue line because at the end of the game, by the end of the game, actually, it was kind of a, a blender situation with the pairings. At one point, they had, uh, I believe it was Klingberg and, and Lilligren on the same pairing, so so two righties in one tandem. Didn't make a lot of sense, but 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 it does sort of detail the search for consistency. Well, the, the blue line to me is is going to be a search for consistency until they go out and improve it. Like I, I think through the first three games, Morgan Riley's been been fine. I would say you know, I'd give him if we're giving him a letter grade, I'd give him like a B plus because he's not at the level that he was at in the playoffs, which might have been the best hockey that I've I've ever seen him play. Um, but he's been he's been he's been better than fine, but not unbelievable. But you can live with what he's what he's delivered. I think John Klingberg has been you know I'd give him a a B like pretty good. But more there, everybody else, I think, has been no good, to be quite honest with you. Like, I think McCabe has been really poor, really poor. I think, I think Timothy Lilligren has been just okay at best. Um, TJ Brody, yeah, I don't think he's really hurt you. But, see, that's, that's kind of why I look at the role that he plays and, and wonder if there's an upgrade to be had there, whether that's um, – you know, uh, him being involved in a deal or somebody else being involved in a deal and, and you drop him down the lineup a little bit. Like, I just think there's there's more improvement that could be had in, in that particular role, playing alongside Morgan Riley, um, whoever might be playing it, than what you're getting out of TJ Brody right now. Mark Giordano's been fine, like, but I mean, the guy's 40. But he, yeah. he's, been, he's, been, he's been fine. Yeah. Um, but, but, but other than that, like, I think, I think McCabe's really struggled to be honest with you. Um, and, and, and Lilligren's been, you know, just okay at best. So like, let's be honest. The, the fact of the matter is here, Brad Treliving can say whatever it is that he wants, um, about the blue line. He said it was underrated in his mind in the, in the preseason. Um, I think if you get a couple of pops into Brad, I think he'd look you in the eye and say, we probably need to upgrade that group before the trade deadline, if we have interest in going on a long run, because because I, I don't know about you, Jim, but that's just not not the group that I can see um, helping guide a team to a Stanley Cup championship. I would agree with what you said. I think they need a better compliment for uh, for Morgan Riley, and I think they they need that sandpaper grit snot guy as well. So I mean, I'm looking at two additions there, and and Geo again, with all due respect is not an 82 gamer for me just because of his age. And, and I think you'll limit his contribution. I, he would be a, a rotating six, seven guy in, in yeah. my books. And I, I mean, it, because they, they really played him out last year and at the end it really hurt. Well, it did. He let's be honest. I mean, we all watched with our own eyes um, in March and into the playoffs. It like, it was like he was skating with a piano on his back. Like he just, he couldn't well, run out of gas. Yeah, he just simply could not quite get to where he needed to be in time. Um, I I would say it looks like he's he's more refreshed now coming into camp. I haven't noticed his foot speed to be as much of a concern at this point, but I think there, there's a number of reasons for that. One, um, he he handles his body really well. He's in tremendous shape. Um, he 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 trains properly. 
So, so his, his energy level for lack of a better word, but it's, it's deeper than just energy. Uh, but that's, that's risen. Um, so he's playing on a full tank right now and the game in October just quite simply is not as, as fast as the game in March and April and into the playoffs. Um, the, the, the rest of the group, the, the, the younger players, the, the guys who are in their prime, they find a way to raise their level a notch or two come March and April. Um, So when you have that going up and then your energy level is like you're, you've got your, your plus one, if you know what I mean, in terms of how the game's being played, it's being played faster. And you've got like minus one in the tank. You're, you're putting yourself behind a, an eight ball. But that, but that said, like, you know, Mark Giordano to me is a guy that, that is, is really effective in the room. He's a great guy to have around some of the younger players. Um, you know, and, and he's a guy that I think could really fill that role well as as your as your six seven guy. Where yep. you know you, you you bring him in every now and again, and um, you know, give somebody a break, or if if somebody goes out of the lineup for a period of time, yeah, like he can he can absolutely step in and, and give you like ten really good games or, or something of that nature. But I think that's the way you have to to maximize Mark right now so that you don't run him into the ground come come playoff time and, and that'll take a a difficult conversation uh with 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 Sheldon Keefe and with Brad Trade. I mean because Mark's a proud guy he don't want to come out of the line if he wants to play every night and I get that but um you know I just I don't see how it's going to be any different this time around in March and April if they if they play him you know 17 minutes a night for 82 games than it was last year when he was a year younger. Dave, we end on agreement. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it as always. Always good to be on, Jim. Be well, buddy. Last minute of play in this podcast. All right, Mike Ross. Thank you for that time. Warning time now for Lickety Split. Yes, guy, no guy on the way out. Yes, guy, no guy, number one. Concerned about the start. No guy, not at all. Seen this before. They always struggle out of the starting gate. They underimpress, but then find their way during the regular season. So that's a no guy. Yes, guy, no guy, number two. Still a much better team than last year. I'm going to go with yes, guy. I like there's a lot of components out there. They haven't knit together yet, but I like what I see. So that is a yes, guy. And let's end on this. Yes, guy, no guy. Still concerned about the blue line. Oh, yes, guy. There's some work to be done there. I have concern. Hope you enjoyed Leafs Guy 132. Hope you come back next week for Leafs Guy 133.